The Crossman Conversation brought to you today by Community Legal Services, Maynard Cooper, Frontier Partners, by Crossmark Services, and Roto Speaks. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. The Crossman Conversation is hosted by John Crossman. John's heart is to see our community of leaders unite around what we have in common. John will be joined by political leaders, religious leaders, as well as activists making a difference in our nation. Here is your host for the Crossman Conversation, John Crossman. Hello, welcome to the Crossman Conversation. This is John Crossman, and hey, Mike, how are you? Hey, my friend. Good listen, to see you. Listen, good to see you. Before we get started, I got a quick story for you. All right. Do you know that, uh, like over the years, I, I've been in the paper kind of a lot, you know? You are. You're no, a well-known dude. I don't know if I'm well-known. Yeah, no, and, yeah. And, and well-liked to be a whole different <laughs> thing. But no, I've been in, I've been in a lot, and um, um, I, I've had people say, man, are you paying somebody over there at the, you know, OBJ Whatever, or, whatever yeah, newspaper, whatever yeah. Kind of thing. And then the second thing people say, this is actually, this one really does kind of hurt my feelings. You're like, oh, you just like to see your name in the paper. Oh, blah, man. Blah. Now, that's, a, no, that's an unnecessary blow. You know, it's, it's kind of mean. But what's funny is... Uh, over the years, I've had people say stuff like that, and then I come to find out that they hired the same PR company I was using. Oh, there you go. That tells you something. All right. right. But here's what I want to say to you is that for all the people who know me and in that context, uh, a couple of things to know is, one, almost most of the time when you see me in the media, I'm actually talking about something else. Right, right. I'm usually trying to promote, something. and you're you're really uh, unselfish in that. I try to be intentional, right? Mm-hmm. But the second thing is, I have been blessed and fortunate because I've had a lot of people train me and coach me and help me. So it's not like that just happened. It's because I've had really right. great wisdom. I like the word intentional. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. 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 Because this whole thing. So uh, here's the dealio. We have a guest today and they're an expert on this very topic. Uh, that's right. And they're sitting right here with us. Wendy Roundtree, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me, John. And you, uh, you're the founder of Jarrell Communications. Yes, sir. And you're the lead strategist. That's kind of fancy, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, um, talk to us about that. You know, like again, I think a lot of times people see media and they think it's just kind of organic. It kind of happens. Like there's a guy at a shoe shine box with a little press hat or something. I don't know. Like <laughs> somehow I went to 1920. Um, but it's actually, there's a, there is a lot of strategy to marketing, oh, yeah. correct? Oh, yeah. So how does that work, Wendy? Absolutely. So um, like you mentioned, I'm founder and lead strategist of Jarrell Communications, and we are a social impact communications firm. And essentially what that means is we believe in the power of storytelling to drive change. And so um, earlier you mentioned the word intention, and that it, you hit it right on the nail. Like, you know, when, when clients are trying to get their story out, when they're trying to make a difference... There is someone behind the scenes that is helping amplify that story so that their audience can and can hear it and then act on it. So I want to break that down a little bit. You know, like, so first off on the storytelling part, uh, I'm fascinated with that. And uh, I'm not trying to put anything on you or anybody else, but, uh, but I'm a Christian. And mm-hmm. one of the things I love about Christ is Christ was a storyteller. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he could have said, hey, everybody be nice to each other. He didn't say that. He told the story of the Good Samaritan and that story is known throughout the world, right? Mm-hmm. So we do know that, like like I sometimes tell about, like I feel like I will really try to be a good storyteller. And sometimes that can imply like I'm reading a book to a child. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to communicate, right? And that's what you're saying, right? It's like 
the the importance of communicating well what's happening. Am, yeah. I, am, I, am I getting yeah, that right? No. And and you know, using the example of reading a book to a child is not far off because in that example there is an education that's happening. Sometimes there's persuasion that's happening, and that's essentially what we're doing, you know, with our clients. Sometimes the topics are uh, can be a bit more technical, and so that we have to frame it in a way so that the masses can understand so that they can support. Gotcha. Well, that really makes a lot of sense. And I, I would have to imagine, too, part of it is it's like connecting communities, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes somebody's living in a bubble over here and they're living in a bubble over here and then they, they don't always know what's happening and how they can be a resource to each other. So we, it's easy for us to like turn on the news and we, we see some terrible thing happening and we feel depressed and hopeless. But then you come in mm-hmm. and you're like, hey, there's hope. There's this organization that's actually working on that issue. Here's the story. And then they're able to either uh, volunteer or give money and make that connection. Yeah. If I had, what's the phrase? If I had a dime for every time a client has approached us and said, you know, we're the best kept secret. You know, oh, they've, gosh. Been, they've been doing the work <laughs> yeah. for decades, but it's that communication. They're not reaching the community that they need to reach so that they can drive the change, whatever it may be. And so some of the areas that we're focused on is K-12 education, homelessness, uh, health equity, food insecurity. Like these are social issues that are very real in our communities and in some communities increasing. Um, but the on the positive side, there are organizations that are working to address this. And so they just need that support to get their word out. I hosted an event a long time ago um, with a group of some leaders and I gave everybody there, it was this time of year, or getting close to holidays, I, I gave everybody there a silver dollar from 1971. And I told him, I said, 71 was a big deal because it was the year Disney opened in mm-hmm. Orlando. And number two, I was born in 71. <laughs> so there's a human connection. And, but the real reason I gave it was um, Good News Jail and Prison Ministry opened in mm-hmm. at 33rd Street Jail in Orlando. And so to your point, like everybody's heard of Disney, but people are like, oh, there's, there's a prison ministry and why would I care kind of thing? Well, I'm telling you, you do care. Yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah. important. But you're right because a lot of times people just don't know or they don't talk about it. And um, I believe where you and I met was through Boys and Girls Clubs. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I think I was doing an interview about, was I doing an interview about suicide prevention? And then you were there and we were doing another thing together, mm-hmm. but we were talking about that. But that's a thing you've been a good advocate for is, is the Boys and Girls Club, correct? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Love the Boys and Girls Club. We actually just recently had our uh, Faces of the Future breakfast. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's amazing, you know, and, and it's humbling when the community comes together and rallies um, behind us to support our kids. There's like hundreds of people at that event. 350 plus. Woo, mm-hmm. that is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's a good example of like somebody might say, well, why isn't somebody doing something? And they are. And like mm-hmm. their stuff is like, hey, kids get done with school and then they come over and do these activities and then they're getting help with their homework and they're looking about college or learning about college or trade shows or whatever. But again, you can't help have that happen unless other people in the community are aware of it. Yeah. Right? That's it. That's so it's it. community con- connectivity. Absolutely. It is... You know, I, I often think about it in, uh, in terms of ABC, right? Mm-hmm. There is an awareness that, haps, that has to happen. Then we have to build the connection. Mm-hmm. And then there's some type of conversion, whether that, you know, whether that's uh, they come on as a volunteer or a donor or a supporter, but there's something that changes that relationship um, and transforms them from just knowing about the organization to becoming an advocate. Okay, I gotcha. Let, let me try it. Let's try to give me a, like an example and then what you would do. So let's just say Mike starts, you know, Mike's, Mike's charity to help um, kids in need. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's working on that and in his neighborhood. Um, let's, but let's pick where you were, uh, where you were, you spent a lot of time. You spent a lot of time in Gainesville. 
I did. I spent 17 years up there, but also 17 years earlier than that here. Up in Indiana, too. Yeah, so okay. I've been so all over the place. Even all place. Well, let's, uh, let's pick on Gainesville. Okay. okay. Gainesville's a good place. There we go. So so Mike has a charity for kids in Gainesville, and he's got a little bit of funding. He's making impact, but it's not getting into traction. So he calls Wendy. What does Mike do? So mm. what what would you then do? What would you help me with, How Wendy? would you? He's in yeah. a lot of help. So to walk yeah, us through I what need you need it. What yeah, would you do? absolutely. Let me just say first, big fan of Gainesville. There my, you go. My sister's getting ready to graduate with her master's in mental health counseling. Go in a few Gators! Weeks, so I'm yeah. proud big sorry, sister. Ariane, <laughs> it's my show. Yeah, I know. I'm I don't, sorry, it's my buddy. show. I'm sorry. But we're so happy for your sister. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank That's you. That's a big deal. Um, so what we would do, Mike, is you know we follow a framework. Um, you know, no matter the issue, uh, one is research. So we'd have to research what um, where you currently are. You know, what is the, what are the current state of things for your organization? Research what um, is in the industry. Um, planning. We develop a plan that is customized to you. Mm. Uh, we would implement that plan. And then the very last step, which is extremely important, is the evaluation. So as we're going, we are monitoring what's happening. Are people attaching to certain messages? If not, we pivot and we continue that process. It's very cyclical and we just follow that um, throughout our engagement. You know, what I, you know what I like about that, I feel Mike? better already. You should. Yep. What I like about that, Mike, when I hear that is this, is that I, years ago, I worked for a huge global real estate company and we were outsourcing the marketing in Florida. And so I sat through three presentations uh, from marketing groups. And, you know, I, I like marketing some mm-hmm. because I about this. It was like the worst. I mean, mm-hmm. they talk for like 50 minutes straight, like there was no break. And so you're like, oh, I'm get on with it. But then I would say like, well, how do we measure success? And I think three for three, they said, well, you're going to get a lot of buzz. Well, like that's kind of meaningless, right? Like mm. I don't, I don't need buzz. <laughs> what mm-hmm. I need is impact. So I like that. Like what you're saying is like, hey, understand it and then track it, right? Oh, so yeah. you know, if 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 Mike uh, and his charity did a fundraising event in the first year, it netted like two thousand dollars, and then we market, 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 and the next year he nets ten thousand dollars, or if it lose, lost fourteen hundred dollars, like you do have a metric to say this is impactful or not. Absolutely, and right. and the way we look at metrics, there are qualitative metrics, you know, a buzz, and, and right. I have my feelings about that word too. But there are quantitative, right? right. Did we sell the tickets? Uh, what was the website traffic like? Did we have um, the media placements? What were the impressions? How many eyes saw this, and how many eyes acted after seeing that? So um, that's key. Without the metrics, you're just you know, throwing, uh, throwing tactics on the wall and hoping they stick. Yeah. And I, I think you also get a lot of times, uh, a lot of times people are really good at, at a charity helping people. They're not necessarily a business person. Uh, they're not necessarily a marketing person. And then on top of that, like sometimes they may feel humble, mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to go and talk about it. That's why like, some people get you know, mad at me and they're like, oh, you're out there too much. I, I get people get mad about that. And I hear that. No, I get it. I get it. I, I know I get where they're coming from. I respect the perspective. I'm just like, hey, I'm trying to shine the light where it's not being shown in my own opinion enough. And there's times I'm trying to give voice to people that don't have a voice. I'm trying to get their voice as loud as possible. So that's what I'm trying to do, right? And so, but if you culturally have a a charity that they, again, through their heart, they're humble, then they don't get their story told, then they don't get the support they need. Yeah. Is that right? Is that Oh, yeah, absolutely. There there are folks that they have the passion and um, they are focused on mission. And that's okay. They don't have to be experts on strategic communications. That's why they would outsource that type of work. Um, they are uncomfortable, you know, putting themselves out there, but I'm. I, that's why I'm here. <laughs> um, we're, so we're going to take a break in a second, but to that point, 
Um, if somebody hired you, could you like be their spokesperson? Like you could go on TV as them. You could do an interview as them. Like, hey, I'm Wendy and I'm representing blank charity. So if they needed that kind of help, I guess you coach them, but you could do it if they needed you to. In rare cases, most of the time we would lean toward coaching them to get to that point so that they can be the face of the organization. You're trying to teach the fish. You're yes. like, hey, you can do this. But Absolutely. you could if you had to, but you're, you're really more trying to get them pumped up. Yes. I Absolutely. like that. I like that. So, I don't, sometimes people with PR, they... They kind of make it like a scary boogeyman, like, yeah, ooh, don't yeah. look behind the curtain. And so I like what he's saying. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but stay there. i got a couple more questions for you, and we'll come back in just a second here at the Crossman Conversation. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. I'd like to thank Maynard Cooper and Gale PC for being a sponsor of our program. Maynard is a full-service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally who serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com. Community Legal Services is a civil legal aid organization providing no-cost legal help to the underserved. They call it Legal Aid for All. Their attorneys assist with legal issues related to family law, housing, domestic violence, veterans' benefits, and much more. Community Legal Services is a community-supported program. To learn more and help support the mission, visit clsmf.org. That's clsmf.org. Community Legal Services. Legal Aid for All. Crossmark Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. Are you willing to serve communities in crisis around the world to people who are impoverished, oppressed, and persecuted? Frontier Partners International offers mission opportunities in areas least served to meet the needs of the helpless, hapless, and hopeless, and is currently serving earthquake survivors in Syria. Share the love and joy of Christ and give the gift of a hope-filled future to someone in desperate need. Learn more at FrontierPartners.org. That's FrontierPartners.org. Once again, here is John Crossman. We are back here at the Crossman Conversation with Wendy Roundtree, who I am a fan of, by the way. I have seen your work. I've seen stuff you do. I follow you on social media. Stock is what some people might say. That's not true. Um, but I just am impressed by what you do. Now, you're so impressive. I, re- I, I can't have this in my head. 
You graduated from a really impressive university. I can't think which one. Where is it? You, uh, we went Bethune Cookman University. Oh my gosh! Did yeah, you, know what? Yeah. you went to Bethune Cookman <laughs> University. I, gosh, that wonderful school in Daytona. Hail Wildcats! There you go. Uh, I got Christian University with uh, named after one of the most important peace per- women in history in the state of Florida. Is that the same university? That it we're is talking the about? same, indeed. Yes, there you John. Go. <laughs> and I, I think is that also an HBCU? Is that yes? The thing? There you go. All right. Um, so talk to me about. About um, uh, this, that experience going to an HBCU, Christian HBCU in Florida, was that a good experience for you? Yeah, it was. It was amazing. Um, I uh, studied mass communications. I was also part of the marching band. So no way. Uh, oh yeah. Um, what, what did you play? I played piccolo. Come on. Yes, I did. And um, gosh, what we, when I was there, we did the pregame show for the Super Bowl. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, it was quite the experience. Okay, hang on, hang on. We gotta we gotta talk about Piccolo here for a second. Listen, Mike. If I, I always joke about this, but I was like, if I was in a marching band, I you're kidding me. No, no, no. I never knew I that was, about you. If I was, I was oh, never oh, in a marching oh, band. Oh, okay. If I, That's, Mike, got it. You don't yeah, think yeah. that would have come up by now? Yeah, I, I, I that you, was shocking for a moment. No, no, there. no, no. I have no musical talent. I think we know this. <laughs> but if I was, yeah, Piccolo, man. Imagine you Piccolo. People well, can't see it, but you're like, oh, you can know your instrument. You're like that, that, yeah, that, a little pocket there. instrument. Yeah, it's there. nothing. That's it's great. like playing the harmonica or something in a yeah. marching band. It's not like playing the. You're gonna have Piccolo people everywhere upset with you, John. No, I'm complimenting it. I'm saying I'm saying it's an efficient choice. I just didn't know when he played piccolo. I think that's yeah, really that's cool. Great. And then also, you know, those people are like, that seems like an obscure instrument. But you know, when you think about like. Uh, 1776 oh, you think yeah. like patriot yeah, yeah you know, it, yeah. you think about that it's like man you know i i guess uh there is that um uh bc boy song that has a flute in it that's pretty cool but mm-hmm. but the piccolo um that's a cool instrument yeah so what do you it's a great lead instrument oh, i mean yeah. a yeah. solo instrument played out there man yeah see i'm a do fan you, of mike i like mike yeah. i know me too <laughs> so do you do you still piccolo it around the house whatever or? so i have picked up my i also play flute uh okay. and so uh-huh. i have picked it up a few times and i'm considering whether or not i want to join the local um, orchestra here. And Jethro um, Tull. There you go. I mean, man, there, Mike, you were throwing yeah. down. Yeah, that's pretty that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. And so you did, you had that experience, which probably gave you a nice sense of community. Absolutely. Right. I always tell people, parents ask me about their kids in college. And I'm always like, you got to encourage wherever they go, like find their own crew, their community yeah. kind of thing. So you had that and then mass communications. And then, um, you know, uh, Bethune Cookman, like many, many HBCUs, a lot of people don't get this. Like, their alumni support kind of goes forever, right? Oh, yeah. And, and you really feel that, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Is that true? Oh, yeah. And, and it is it is a support that extends the university itself. You mm-hmm. know, it's HBCUs nationwide. It really is a network and a community that is, uh, it just doesn't have a word to describe um, how encompassing it is. You know, what? to me, what it's, it's, I always tell people it's comparison if they don't know. It's like the military academies. That's what it's like. Like, you know, if you graduated from Army and you were somewhere around the world and you bumped, well, you were in a bar and you bumped into a, somebody that graduated from Navy, you're going to have this, this instant, like, you're on the same page kind of thing. And while they may be rivalries, don't you pick a fight with the Navy guy and the bar, you know, the Army oh, guy's yeah. going to jump. And so there's that kind of thing, too. It was funny because um, I was in recently in Los Angeles and I was um, leading a discussion at a real estate conference. And my two panelists guests, one, this is coincidental. This is not or like intentional on my part, but it was coincidental. One was a family graduate, one was with a Bethune Cookman grad. Yeah. And the Bethune Cookman grad is based in Maine, and the family grad is based in uh, New York. Wow. And then here we are, we were in LA. Wow. And then uh, I went to that same conference, I was doing a market tour, and I, this young lady was walking by me wearing a Morehouse shirt. And I almost said something when I was like, 
I mean, weird. <laughs> but but, uh, but when I travel, you know, I, you know, I meet Bethune-Cookman grads all over the place, and there's always there's a notoriety to that name and the brand, and of course with uh, the legacy of Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune. Yeah. So that's cool. So that was a good experience for you. Great experience. And uh, something that you would you recommend to other people, like when they're thinking about college, like thinking specifically about Bethune-Cookman and, and HBCUs in general. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mentioned the framework earlier in terms of how we approach our clients. I would recommend the same for students to do your research first, mm. right? Um, depending on what you think you want to do or where you're leaning, go to the school that offers the best experience in that field. I told the story before, and it's worth repeating, but um, there was a young lady and her parents were from Haiti and she lived in sort of South Orlando area and she went to Oak Ridge, did good in school, and she got offered a scholarship to Rice University. And so people are like, oh, that's cool, right? That's great. I'm like, well, it sounds great, but like, where is Rice? And how do our parents get to Rice? And so she chose to go to Bethune-Cookman instead. And you're like, well, okay, this is a flight versus a you know 50-minute drive. And on top of that, there's a Haitian community at Bethune-Cookman. Yeah. So again, like the school within the school, like she's got something. So sometimes we kind of kind of push, 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 push kids to go this, this, that, and the other. But that doesn't mean that's going to work for them, yeah. right? And yeah. so the right school for the right kid at that time and I think part of it's like, what's the onboarding they need inside of them? And what does that experience look like? Yes. And so I don't mean to be like categorically HBCU or sport. It's for some people at some point, but it's very impactful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very, very John, did you know that I'm Haitian as well? I did not know that. Yeah. How yeah. did I miss that? I don't know. Your stock keeps going up. <laughs> keeps going up higher and higher and higher. That's awesome. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, so was there a Haitian community at Bethune Company? Oh, yeah. Was that a thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it so that was helpful. Was. Yes, it was. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. How about that? So you had you had the sort of the band thing, and then you had the Haitian thing, and, and that as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, now we got to go really quick and talk about Haitian. Uh, tell Bonjour, comment ça va? Yeah. There is Better, better. Mike, yeah. this is my show. I don't I'm sorry. Know what you're doing. Yo, you have a show. You can. Uh, I mean, I love him, but you know, what are we gonna do with this guy? All right. So, um, your favorite all-time Haitian authentic meal would be what? Ooh. Hmm. Oh, red beans and rice. Good choice. Uh, yeah, dirikole. Nice, yes. mm-hmm. nice. Anything else you'd add to that? No, I think that's it. No. <laughs> you know, griot, griot, Hank uh, ranks pretty high too, but I don't eat too much pork, so. I uh, I had a, a young lady that worked for me years ago, and, and she was Haitian, and she said, uh, hey, my mom and I want to bring in a, a home-cooked meal to the office for everybody in the office. And I was like, oh, sure, you know. And so she brings in this meal and we, we had that. And then, and then this other thing, and I was like, this is delicious. What is this? And she goes, it's fried pork. And then she kept talking and I was like, yeah, you had me at the fried pork party. <laughs> like, like, you could have said it's fried boot. And I'd be like, fantastic fried right. pork. Are you kidding me? That's the most magical. What two words could you put together better than fried pork? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just milk chocolate. Like, I don't know, like what else are you going to do? Well, that's awesome. Uh, we'll just kind of round it out. Um, um, if you're talking to your voice to people who are really passionate about making impact, right? Like there are young people listening to this show and then some of them are business people or young professionals and they're like, gosh, I just want to make impact in my life. Your advice to them and how important marketing strategy is to make an impact would be what? What would you share? It is, it is critical. Um, there are so many organizations that have um have been in existence for years and the communications it is has is what has sort of um stunted their growth if mm-hmm. you will 
Um, they're doing the work, they're doing the mission, and there's more to be done, but no one knows who they are. Or right. no one understands what they do or how they do it. And so that communications piece, the ability to tell your story um, and amplify that story is critical to not only doing the mission, but um, extending that mission to um, those who need it. And I guess part of that's conquering your fear of, um, you know, asking for help, asking mm -hmm. for money. You know, sometimes um, passion gets a bad, <laughs> bad word. You know, sometimes uh, anger gets a bad word, but sometimes anger is driven by passion. And sometimes that passion comes from a place of, uh, of justice. You know, it's funny, recently I had somebody, uh, pastor that aren't a thing about um, being peacemakers, peacekeepers, mm -hmm. things like that. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm, of course I'm down with that. On the other continuum is they're seeking justice, yeah. right? We need to be people that are seeking justice, right? And so when someone's in power and they're doing something wrong and you become a voice to things, it makes people uncomfortable, mm -hmm. right? And I always, like, I, I talked to Mike about this. It's like, yeah, I'm not really trying to make people uncomfortable, except sometimes I'm trying to make people uncomfortable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because there's sometimes there's things that are upsetting, but we need to like, you know, talk about them yeah. and we need to deal with them. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, um, I was sitting in a presentation not too long ago and uh, the speaker said, you know, sometimes we have to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay. Um, because you know, as communicators, as storytellers, sometimes the conversations we're starting, people don't want to start. Um, but that doesn't uh, negate that these issues are still happening. And um, passion does get a bad rap, but it's what drives me. It's why our firm is focused on social impact and not, right. you know, um, another type of topic. Like right. we are focused on this because we recognize that issues such as education, health, just Food, like these exist, and the organizations that are doing it need help. Well, and, and that, that some of the issues are complex, right? Yes. Like I think that a lot of times in our own minds, we're going to be like, that's Darth Vader, that's Luke Skywalker, like I'm picking this side. And in reality, like, yeah, you know, like it's it's complicated. And, mm -hmm. and what we need is more people that will work together uh, in different kinds of ways. And I always tell people, like I'm, I'm always working with people who the media would tell you don't get along I'm in the same rooms with get along great mm -hmm. and they're working to make impact. You, if you're passionate about being impactful, you're going to have to work with people that are different than you. That's just how it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's and no it, getting around that. No, yeah. no getting around that. And so then you have to uh, undo your own, uh, old school biases and, and things like that. You know, I, I, uh, I, I grew up a poor kid. And so I always grew up sort of being uncomfortable with people that inherited money. You know, that was always something. And so I had to overcome that. And then, of course, I found that like a lot of people in those worlds, they have their own problems, too. And then we can we can work together. Well, Wendy, thanks for being on this show. Thanks for having You're me, so John. You're so cool, like a pickup little plain Haitian, cool marketing impacting the world, Bethune Cookman Welk. I mean, what can I go on? <laughs> I love her so much. She's just so cool. Anyway, thanks for being on the show. We're big fans. Hope you come back sometime. And just thanks for all you do in the community. Thanks so much, John. All right, this is John Crossman, and this is the Crossman Conversation. As always, support your local HBCU. This has been Crossman Conversation, produced by a Crossman Career Builders Mark Radio Production.